I'm, I can't like put a screw in the wall, like without messing something up. Well, for him, he, he loves using his hands and loves building, rebuilding, taking things apart and things like that. And so just little things like that, like he's introduced me to so many aspects of life that I would have never, ever probably gone down that path without him. And so there's just something about that relationship that you can't describe, that you can't explain. And there's something about that bond. There's something about that story. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's HR manager. We are excited you are joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by our very own Fostering Success Conference. This conference is for current foster and adoptive parents or those considering fostering or adoption. Find out more at www.tbhc.org slash fostering dash success dash conference. We are excited about our first ever conference that will allow parents time to worship, refresh, learn, and fellowship. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason, president of TBHC. I'm so glad you're with us. Our guest today is Jeremy Trojic. He grew up in Grosbeck and has lived in Midlothian, Texas for the last seven years. Jeremy has been married to his wife, Amelia, for 21 years, and together they have three boys, Hunter, Parker, and Cooper. He was a high school coach for 16 years and now owns Chick-fil-A in Red Oak. He has a passion for growing and developing people and wants to encourage and inspire others through his story. His wife, Amelia, was diagnosed with breast cancer, which is what led them to adopt their middle son. Jeremy wants to share his story to let others know that no matter what obstacle they may encounter, there is hope. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I am super excited you're on this podcast. Every single time you and I sit down together at your Chick-fil-A, of course, uh, it's just always an enjoyable time. I get up feeling like, man, I, I feel inspired today. So these words are really true of you. Well, thank you. Hey, the feeling's mutual, I assure you. So I, I enjoy visiting with you. Well, we ought to do it more often, right? Um, <laughs> let, let me jump into asking you about your, your brother. You have a twin brother, and that probably brought on a whole, whole lot of new and interesting experiences that I can't relate to. So I'd love to hear something from you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, been a blast being a twin. Just, um, you you know, you always have someone there beside you each and every day. And so just going through life, learning uh, together um, all those years, even from a very uh, young age, you know, it was uh, pretty difficult for us the first few years of our life and us being able to stick together, be together and, then you know, uh, grow. And to this day, actually just uh, return from vacation with each other. And so very, very close, uh, knit family and still, you know, talk multiple times a week, you know, throughout even our high school years of like uh, things of quirky things of being going into a closet in the morning, we both grabbed the, the same shirt or the same shoes, you know, and so was, we shared a lot of things. So it's, you know, when they say there's differences, uh, you know, uh, a lot of unique things about twins, I would 100% guarantee, you know, uh, believe that. And, uh, but it's been a really, really, really fun process and just growing with him and still to this day, you know, going through uh, whether it be leadership questions or just life things, just being able to pour into each other, love on each other. It's just been really, really good. Nice to have a brother. Yes, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. 
Well, um, how about we jump into it? Tell us your bringing kids home story. Well, uh, our story is very unique, uh, very exciting. Amelia and I, uh, we, as you had mentioned, we've been married now 21 years. And so early in our marriage, it was in uh, 2007, um, Amelia was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. And so we were 29 years old. We had a two-year-old son um, at that time. And so obviously at 29 years old, not the news that you're looking for. And so, uh, you know, very surprised by the diagnosis. Uh, we go to the doctor, you know, obviously set up surgeries, those different things. And, um, you know, after one of the first um, doctor's visits, I remember, you know, the doctor told us basically, hey, you know, you're going to, the two things that Amelia remembered the most, and I remembered the most, was you're going to lose your hair, and you're not going to have any more kids. And so for us, that was uh, devastating. I remember, I could tell you what parking spot we were in at the doctor's office, and I just remember just weeping, you know, and just us sitting there uh, crying together, just simply like, man, this is not the news we were looking for. Uh, but right before we left, Amelia turned to me, you know, and she just said that uh, this will not win. You know, we will not be defeated. And so very inspiring from that day forward of just kind of turning that big obstacle, what we thought um, um, in our life into this big blessing. And so, you know, we started the journey, the chemotherapy and the treatments and all those different things. Um, and through that journey, you know, we started discussing adoption. and We were very excited about that. We went through a, an agency and uh, very emotional, um, you know, series of events through that of just basically, you know, getting on and uh, just uh, being in the final two a couple of times, being in the final three. And so it was an emotional roller coaster for both of us, just with the, the treatments and then, the, you know, the, the ups and downs uh, of our journey. Um, and so we, we continue to, you know, uh, stay in the process. And then we got in, we were in a little over a year. And Amelia said, I think, you know, it's a little overwhelming. It's like, we need to pause for a minute. Let's see what God has in store for us. And so we uh, actually uh, stopped the adoption process. Um, and we put our things up and said, let it, this be in God's timing. So a few months later, uh, we were at uh, school. Both of us were teachers at the time. I was at the 19, uh, 11-12 campus. She was at the 9-10 campus. And we get a phone call. I get a phone call and I didn't have good reception in the field house. And it was Amelia and she was hysterical. I mean, just weeping. I couldn't understand what was going on. And she was very emotional. And so I said, let me step outside. So I stepped outside. And when I went outside, um, I was able to hear her. And she said, we have a baby. We have a baby. We have a baby. So it was our uh, caseworker from the adoption agency that called and said, hey, you guys have a baby. Um, you need, we'll be at your house in two hours to sign paperwork and do the final, um, the house visit, home visit. Um, and then we will get him, you know, two days later. And so uh, obviously a big turn of events, big uh, relief, a lot of different emotions going through um, at that time. And so sure enough, uh, we go get everything done at the house. We leave for, uh, to go uh, pick him up the following day. Uh, as we get there, um, it was another surprise. Our caseworker comes in, was emotional and crying. And so we didn't know kind of what had happened and there were some delays. And so at that point, uh, the grandparents had considered keeping him. And so we had another 24 hours to just sit and pray, you know, that, you know, trusting in God's process and God's plan of what was best for him. So we returned the following day. Uh, he stayed with us that night. We returned the following day. And, you know, the, the grandparents had said that, you know, he needed to be with us. And so that was uh, such an awesome process to such a 
emotional process, but just so rewarding of just, you know, seeing how God works through miracles and things like that. And then as uh, uh, Parker was with us, um, that was in January of 2009. And then August of 2010, we go back to the doctor for one of our checkups and her oncologist said, have you had a pregnancy test? She said, no, you told me that we would never have kids again. And so, um, Needless to say, Amelia was pregnant with our third son. And so there's our three boys. So we had Hunter when he was two, and then we obviously adopted Parker, and then we had Cooper uh, just a few months later. So, yeah, it was uh, just an unbelievable story, just an unbelievable journey through that. And, you know, he um, in January, uh, he'll turn 15, looking at getting his uh, driver's permit, all those kind of things. So it's been been an awesome process. But, you know, I just encourage people is, you know, you go through a process like that, of like there's so many uh, just uh, things that can be turned uh, negatively or things that you start thinking and just God works and just so, I mean, just does miracles and just the biggest blessing cancer that we thought has, you know, been some type, you know, something bad, bad has been turned into something that's been really good and just seeing her be able to walk through that journey with other ladies as well has just been phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that really drew me in obviously is your journey of walking with her and how hard that has been uh, and was at that moment. What was the balance of those emotions? Like we're, we're going to adopt, we're gonna bring um, a child into our family, but I'm, I'm going through probably the most difficult journey of my own personal life of healing. What was those conflicts and how did y'all deal with those? Well, I think the, the biggest way obviously that we, we dealt with that is just Put everything in God's hands. I mean, that's all that you really can do essentially in that. And, you know, try to stay even kilter of just not getting too high with the high and low with the lows. But, you know, we felt like the low of the lows was the diagnosis, the, the, um, the uh, surgeries, the uh, treatments, radiation, the chemotherapy and that. So it's like, we didn't think that things could get worse necessarily. We always believed that things were going to get better. And so I think it was just the, the hope uh, that helped us. And then the other thing is we just had just communities of people just rally around us, whether it be coaches that we coach with, whether it be family members, whether it be just a support network that has been even to this day that people that surrounded us and, and, and comfort us through those times of that things are going to be, you know, um, it, it's part of our story. It's part of our journey. It's nothing that we ever look back and regret or wish didn't happen. Like we would not be the people that we are today you know, personally, professionally, spiritually, without going through, you know, the cancer and then being able to have the blessings such as Parker and Cooper, you know, through that. So all in God's hands, but just trying to stay even kilter, even though there were good days, there were bad days, there were painful days, there were those things. But I think it really prepared us for who we are as a family, you know, and who to this day, the, the processes that we've been through that really uh, not only have influenced us, but help us to influence others through these processes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love what you said about not letting the extremes uh, get you caught up. You know, it, it could have been the worst thing. It could have been the easiest things, whatever. But the extremes of those things are uh, kind of the enemy of staying staying on point. I mean, anyway, that's that's what I'm hearing from you. One of the things that we continue to talk about when you and I sit down is leadership and the drive to do that. In your own life, you know, where were you on this journey back when all this was happening? Um, I, obviously, you've been a student of leadership for a long time. So kind of where were you when you were going through this process? Well, you know, at that uh, back in 
at that time, you know, I had really good coaches around me that that supported me, and I had really good mentors of guys that I worked with that taught me, you know, how to be a great father, taught me how to be a great husband, but also taught me how to be a great man. You know, I had uncles in my life growing up. I had, you know, people that surrounded my stepfather um, uh, throughout my life, and even my, my father, you know, that taught me, uh, number one, how to deal with adversity. It wasn't always easy for me. Um, you know, when I was coaching, I started at the lowest level and able to move my myself to the highest level. So I think it's just that initiative to grind, that initiative to work, you know, um, has, has always um, been been something that my dad instilled in me. But also just having that drive, you know, I call it at, at the store now, I call it the 3D person, you know, personally, professionally, spiritually, of being great in all of those things. And so it's been a journey. But I think, you know, in leadership, you just said no matter what age you are. Number one, you have to be self-aware and identify where you're at right now and then find out where you're at and then be able to build a plan to be able to get better and better uh, with that. But on the other side of it is just being a continuous learner every day. You know, I just I, one of my things that I talk to our team about is I want to be the most influential person in somebody's life every day, no matter where I'm at. And that's a that's a heavy burden. There goes a lot with that. And so therefore, I have to be able to make sure that my heart is right, my mind is right to be able to deal with obstacles. I see different challenges every single day within the business. You know, I have challenges with, with family just like everybody else does. And so it's just, you know, a, con, a constant self-awareness, a constant eagerness to want to learn and be the very, very best. And I have to be careful because some of the things that, that helped me get successful can also be my downfall, you know? And so uh, I'm wired up, I'm a coach, like I'm ready to go, 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 go. And sometimes I have to really analyze and know when to put my foot on the gas and when to put my foot on the brake. And so, um, and, and that's in all aspects of life. Yeah, I mean, everyone listening can tell exactly why um, you were a coach. And, and I, I would say why you're doing so well in your business. Um, I'll kind of jump and pivot a little bit and say that's one reason we asked you to speak to our families at our first conference we're doing. Uh, fostering success is what we're calling it, and you're going to end our entire day together, uh, close us out with uh, talking to us. What's one of the reasons you wanted to be a part of that? Well, there's multiple reasons. Uh, you know, big reasons is being able to share our story, but on the other side of that is you know, just to encourage, inspire people that no matter what you're going through, that, man, there there is hope, there is light at the end of the tunnel of being able to turn these obstacles into opportunities. And then, you know, ultimately uh, help people understand what their why is, why you do what you do, who you are each and every day, why you get out of bed. And then lastly, what is our calling? You know, what are we called to do while we're here? Uh, it's very, very short amount of time that we get to be here. So why we are here, let's while we are here, let's make sure that we make the best out of it at, and how can we do that? You know, go make disciples, go encourage people, go love people, go inspire people. Um, and I feel like that's my ultimate calling. And if I can help someone else be encouraged to figure out that's what their calling is as well, then I feel like that it'll be mission accomplished. Yeah, uh, I like that. You have spoken into kids' lives a lot in your business and as a coach, for sure. When you think about the kids that we serve, whether it's foster care or adopted, you know, your own son, when you think about those kids and you pour into them, what's one of the things that you're you're hoping to draw out of them? Well, um, you know, it's interesting you ask that question because we partner with an agency uh, close by over here where we have the opportunity to work with kids that are currently in that situation. And so uh, I spend a lot of time with them, one-on-ones of them of just uh, number one, providing a resource to listen, 
you know, is a big thing for that. But the things that I try to uh, draw out of them, you know, would be just some of those character traits of confidence, of just trust is a big one, of just being able to get them to understand that they, no matter what has happened in the past, that there is hope and they are going to be successful, that there's not a choice other than that. And no matter what has gone on or what they've experienced or what they've seen or what they don't know or understand, that that's part of their story and know that that's going to be able to be part of, you know, their testimony someday uh, and turning these tests into testimonies. But, you know, just trying to to get them to see that, you know, they do have a voice. Uh, they do matter. They are loved. Um, and sometimes I think we get caught up in listening to the media, social media, the world around us of what we're supposed to do. We're confused of who we're supposed to like, what we're supposed to choose, and just showing them that you can be a unified team and be together no matter where you come from, what your background is, and we can be solution-oriented and love each other and care for each other. And that's what we try to provide, you know, at our store. And, and you know, my role is to be that example every single day to be able to, to, to provide that for them. But also, um, as I mentioned early on, is just to be a good listener for them, just to, just to hear their concerns, to hear uh, where they're at right now. And then again, for them, establish that plan of like, you know, where they need to go or wh what we can what resources we can provide for them uh, to be successful. So lots of uh, very, very deep one-on-one -on -one conversations and just quality. Every time I finish one of those uh, conversations, I'm better, you know, and so it's, it's a win-win. It's not just what I'm doing for them. It's what they're doing for us as well. And so it's been really, really good. Yeah. I love hearing about a turning point in your life, um, whether it has to do with the decision for adoption or um, family, what was a big turning point for you? What was that? Describe that moment for us and also what lesson was learned from that? A big turning point, you know, for me was when I was about 10 years old, my stepfather uh, came into my life and um, he just recreated what success or he defined what success should look like. You know, I don't think I ever knew at an early age what success I only knew success as what I had seen. And some of what I'd seen was not real successful. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, him just coming in and just uh, not really giving me an opportunity. He's like, you're going to go to college. He played football at Texas and, uh, you know, he did very well career-wise and things like that. And so he started introducing me to, to different things as far as sports and uh, just ways of being successful, uh, ways of being elite, of being at a different level, not being like everyone else and mediocrity and things like that. And so uh, he, that was one big turning point. And as I started growing into that and, uh, you know, in school and those things, it's like my grades went from C's to A's and then a National Honor Society. And then I surrounded myself with coaches that have, were big influences in my life that had, you know, had their own journeys and their own stories. And so, you know, me redefining kind of my network and, and who I wanted to be like, what my role models were and, and finding them and being able to see and believe in like who I was, because I, I was no different than a lot of these kids of just searching of seeing what, you know, I was very fortunate never to get into drugs or anything, you know, like that. I was able to stay on the straight and narrow. I saw a lot of that growing up in different aspects of my life, but it was like surrounding myself and those people, God bringing those people into my life uh, to show me uh, what success looked like, the true success looked like, how to be a father, how to be, uh, you know, a husband and things like that, but also uh, giving me inspiration and hope for the future that, hey, you can go to college, hey, you can uh, do the, those things and dream big and go uh, do whatever you want to do, you know, being 
you know, coaching at South Lake Carroll, winning many state championships. When I was at a young age, I would have never fathomed that would be me from, you know, Grosbeck, Texas, and being able to, to go and do the things that, um, that, that I was able to accomplish and even owner of Chick-fil-A, you know, it's uh, that process is very, very difficult, but, you know, number one with God, but number two, with the support of, of people that I've surrounded myself, I get that question pretty often is how did you get a Chick-fil-A, you know, and I would just say relationships, just loving people, taking care of people, um, uh, I think was very, very big and that played a part in that. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, Donor Engagement Manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about 1,000 willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them, or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. Definitely. Let me go to your son. And we both know as adoptive dads that very few people comprehend. I'm going to speak for us, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I love my children equally. I love them all. I love them differently, but I, I love them as much. I'll put it that way. And there's not too much difference in the way that I treat them. Uh, they all have their own unique thing. But for you, is, is there some way that you would describe the way that you expect and drive and push uh, your son and encourage other people to see their kids in that same way? Yeah, it's been a journey uh, in a good way uh, for Parker. Parker has introduced me to so many things in my life I would have never been a part of without him. You know, and what I mean by that, an example of that is like working on motors. Like I'm, I can't like put a screw in the wall, like without messing something up. Well, for him, he, he loves using his hands and loves building, rebuilding, taking things apart and things like that. And so just little things like that, of like he's introduced me to so many aspects of life that I would have never, ever probably gone down that path without him. And so just, you know, I go back to kind of go back to first part of your question, you know, I had a coach that worked with me one time and he asked me that specific question. He said, do you love your adopted son the same that you uh, love your biological kids? And I said, it might be almost like you love him a little more. And he, you know, jokingly, and I said, there's just something about that relationship that you can't describe, that you can't explain. And there's something about that bond. There's something about that story. And I'm very close to all three of the boys, but, you know, Parker and I's relationship is very, very strong. He's very unique, very different than the other two, you know, but again, it's like um, another example is we were at my my dad's when he passed away and he had an old motor set out there and Parker said, dad, can I take this old motor home and work on it? And my first instinct was said, no, we're not taking that home. We don't need anything else in the garage. And it took me about 30 seconds to think that's his joy. That's what he loves to do. And so I told him, load that up in the back of the truck. We took it home. 
literally within two hours, he had that thing running. And so it's like, you know, just uh, things like that, just understanding who he is, um, who the boys are, just like I do with the other two. Let him enjoy what he enjoys doing. The other two like sports. He does not like sports. Like the worst thing you could ask him to do is sit through a two-hour baseball game and watch that. And so, but loving that, understanding that, and not just saying, oh, you have to go do this or you have to go that because the others enjoy it. It's really opened my mind, opened my eyes. It's helped me as a business leader to understand that all people think differently. All people see things differently um, and, and people learn differently. And so um, it's been really good. He struggled in school early on and now he's got A's and B's. And so it's also set high expectations for him of understanding that this is what we're going to do with our grades. This is who we're going to be. These are the extra things that we have to do to be successful. And so it's just been an unbelievable journey of just being able to pour into him, but him also pouring into me and Amelia, the other boys, he's taught the other boys uh, many things that they probably would have never been exposed to by me. So it's been really, really good. That's great. Uh, asking you to speak for your wife. Is there anything that you think she would contribute to this conversation that we're, you and I are missing at the moment? I just think that she would uh, not change one thing. I think that she would, you know, our story has been our story. Our journey has been our journey. And I just think that, you know, God has done so many powerful things through our story, uh, through our family, uh, for our family, you know, for other families through this, that I think that she wouldn't change a thing. I think that she would say the same thing that um, I have, that there's not ever been a day that we've questioned God or looked back and go, why us or what? It's just part of our story. And I think that she is very confident, very comfortable in it. And, um, you know, she she has just been, you know, a huge spark plug for our family. I mean, she's our rock. She's the one that keeps, you know, everything together. And she's an inspiration for us of the things that she's gone through and the ups and downs. But, ne- you know, she doesn't have bad days and she's always happy, go lucky and those different things. So she inspires me and the boys every day just to keep us doing what we're doing and keep going. So no, I think that would be her biggest message that there is hope no matter what you're going through um, and that she would not change a thing of our journey. I love it. Well, this is uh, kind of my concluding question. If you could only share one thing about adoption, what would be the most important thing you could share? Don't miss the opportunity. It's life-changing. You know, that, I w- that would be the biggest message is that there's there's opportunities uh, of not only what we can do for others, but what others can do for us, as I kind of shared my story. But I just think that it's really um, important for us to listen to what God is calling us to do instead of what is easy for us to do. And I think it's, it's very important for, um, you know, to follow your dreams. And if that's something that you've thought about and something that you've prayed about and feel right about it, I would just say, don't miss the opportunity and, um, you know, leap out in faith and, and you never know what God has in store. Praise God. That's so good. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on today. Yes, sir. It was, it was great. You know, I just encourage any of you guys, you know, uh, that have not, uh, you know, been a part of the ministry or, or or don't know much about the ministry, just to research just the conversations that we've had have just been inspirational for me and just knowing what you guys are doing for kids and families, just unbelievable and uh, very, very excited to be a part of the conference and just know, look forward to just big things over the next few months and uh, next few years of what you guys got going. I know your passion, your drive, what you've been doing and, um, you know, I just know the big things are, are coming y'all's way and so I just appreciate you guys having me on today. Thank you. That means a lot to hear that from you. You are taking care of lunch for us at the conference too. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. You and Philip Brown joining together on that. I'll give him some credit. 
Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate that. That's the least we could do to help you guys. And like I said, looking forward to that and looking forward to meeting a lot of families and people there as well. It'll be a great day. I'm excited. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.